This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to episode six of Rams Talk, uh, a podcast by the Rams Monthly Review Show. I've got three fantastic guests with me today. Uh, we've got returning guest Callum Bucock. Hi there. Hello, mate. I've got Rob Gregory. Good evening. And I've got the Athletics Elias Burke. How you doing? I'm very, very good, thank you. And it's it's an absolute pleasure to have you three on. Um, we don't actually have masses of stuff to talk about, really, do we? What's what's changed since the last episode? But um, the, the interesting thing, I guess, regarding Derby at the minute is is the stadium. And uh, we've got a man here who, who may know a little bit more than, than the rest of us. Uh, Elias, I'll come to you straight away. Um, obviously, Matt Shrimp, Matt Shrimper, Matt Slater, MJ Shrimp is his name on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Matt Slater came out with the uh, the revelation that um, a business had, had made a deal for Pride Park. So what was your take on that? Well, we were kind of in discussion the whole the whole time about it, really. It was his scoop. I didn't want to kind of, you know, make my way onto the byline or anything. But um, he, he got the initial information. And then um, I kind of followed it up and helped him out and seen if, if we could verify it. And, you know, absolutely, it seems like it's the case. Um, whether it's closed development or David closed himself, uh, that's one thing that we put in the initial story, that it was closed development. It might not be that, but we, we're actually not entirely sure at the moment. <laughs> it's either David closed doing it separately or he's doing it through his company. Uh, but at the moment, it does seem like, well, depending on who you speak to, it's either advanced or in you know good stage or it's, it's very very close essentially um so the, re- the, re- the reason why we went so kind of aggressive with it on last friday was because you know, some people were saying it was almost done or you know very close to announcements and we just thought oh, we need to kind of get this um get it out as soon as possible to make sure that we try and get the the inside scoop the breaking news on it <laughs> um but as of right now i mean from from my understanding, not a great deal has changed over the weekend. You never know, Kirchner might now tweet and say it's it's done. Uh, and then I'll look like an idiot. But um no, it it seems like everything is moving positively. Um, you know, there were there were other businesses and other businessmen that were initially linked. Uh, so he wasn't the first kind of businessman that was elsewhere reported. Uh so there's been others, but uh Close came in and kind of showed his liquidity, showed that he's got you know, lots of money, Derby fan, you know, companies based in the area, Derby born and bred kind of thing. He was just absolutely seemed like the right fit for Kirchner, who, you know, we know that wants to lease the stadium. And so it was always a case of trying to find someone else to to come in and buy it from Morris to, so he can do that. Um, and it seems like they found the right, the right guy. Hopefully, um, hopefully we kind of see the whole story out and 
we don't let you know we're not left with egg on our faces but as of right now everything seems to be you know moving moving nicely and correctly I think that that's just nice news isn't it um we've not had a lot of that <laughs> throughout the last couple of years um and something you touched on there Elias is that the the close family are derby fans obviously that's something that we've been sold before uh something we've been sold very recently uh and Callum I'm going to come to you now sort of how good does it feel knowing that Chris Kirshner is obviously an outside sort of source. He's from, he's from the US, but he's got someone who's from Derby who supports the club sort of working with him. Does that fill you with a bit of confidence? Yeah, I think when you look at it and I think the biggest thing, like Elias was saying, is, is we, we just keep the momentum going. Um, and with someone that's local to the area, can advise him of um, what obviously the city's like. Um, and keep him in the loop as well as his own advisors. Um, I think that's the most important thing. Um, when you look at you, the, the Man City owners when they first came in, the biggest thing they needed to do was bring in people who knew the area because if it's all good to come in throwing money at it and and vice versa but, and and stuff like that. But if you you know look at how bigger clubs have done it before. You need to look at past examples, and I think that if you look at Derby and, and the city and the fan base, etc., having fans involved in the takeover can only be a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, and you know, something you spoke about there was was having people from the area. I think that's really important. I think it's also very important to have people involved in the deal that know what they're doing with football. Uh, and Rob, I'll come to you here. Uh, Gary Cook is a name that's been banded around quite a lot. Um, obviously, he was involved at Man City uh, and he's quite well known for his role at Man City. He, he was part of a, a group that kind of turned their fortunes around and turned them from, you know, a bit of a, a mid-table mediocrity sort of Premier League side to a, a side that was winning titles. How important do you think people like him will be to the club? Yeah, I think just coming for the, the last two callers, really, I think as Derby fans, we've had a pretty tough time the last six months or so. And that holistic approach to the next step is really important for us all. We've all been kind of bruised and battered. Um, and understanding kind of the philosophy of, of Kirchner coming in with kind of his American background, sports franchise background, and then like a Gary Cook-esque figure to kind of back that up alongside local partnerships just feels like Actually, it looks like a positive move for the first or positive news, should I say, for the first time in a long time. I think that's got to be key for whatever we do next. We've learned the hard way that, you know, on the facts of it, we've had a fan running our club for some time, but it's not really gone the way we would like it to. And that doesn't always work. So I think we all have a duty to kind of protect what happens next and kind of scrutinise where we go. And, and bringing those three pronged approach together does seem proactive and hopefully you know we come out of this and can challenge next season as a side with not only a, a team that's doing well on the pitch but build rebuilding a reputation of a club that's really been in tatters uh, amongst our fellow fans across the country really yeah I think that's a good point I mean you know you, you kind of alluded to it there kind of our reputation off the pitch and our sort of long-term planning has been all over the place hasn't it for, for yeah, years yeah. now but, you know, something that I've been sort of thinking of is is Chris Kirshner is obviously the, the main man behind this. It's it's his ideas, it's his people, it's it's sort of his thoughts. And Elias, I'll come to you with this. Um, 
looking at Derby County in the long term, do you think that Chris Kirshen is the right man? Obviously, I know that is a massive question, but from what you've seen so far, does he seem like the guy that's going to take Derby to the next level? And by the next level, I mean out of League One. <laughs> well, I think the one thing about Kirshen, you know, that's kind of striking very initially, you know, his, his fan engagement, that's one thing we've seen. We've seen fan engagement go very well, like at Peterborough, for example, then we've seen it not go so well at, I think it was, um, it was a Chinese owner at Villa, I forgot his name, but um, it got a bit funny towards the end and he kind of, you know, he made himself really kind of enemy number one and he was so public. But I think that kind of, it's maybe just how football's moving on that, you know, fans and owners, uh, you know, have that kind of relationship. And, you know, when when someone's transparent, it's only ever positive. If, if someone speaks positively and, and, you know, speaks with clarity and speaks to the fans in, in the way that they kind of want the club to go forward, you know, that, that kind of movement that he has and the plan that he has for, for two or three years or however long it is that he's the owner. That's only positive. We all know, you know, we, we know what we're getting ourselves into as fans, as reporters, etc. And I think, you know, another thing, you, you speak about what's really kind of successful about Derby, the, initial, the thing that really stands out the past couple of years is the academy. And he said that on, on, on Twitter that he's absolutely interested in keeping Category 1 status. That's, that he'd make them the only club in League 1 with a Category 1 academy. Um, he's invested in, he wants to invest in the players. He wants to keep as, obviously, as many players as, as, sense, you know, as make sense. Obviously, you can't be spending 30K, 30K a week on Tom Lawrence and League 1. We, we know that. Um, but, you know, signing the right kind of players, trying to tie down Ebioways and he cash-ins to contracts. That's absolutely something that he wants to do. And, you know, if, if he wasn't so kind of convincing and so driven in his plans, maybe Rooney would be kind of less interested in staying. And I know, you know, you mentioned Cook there and Stretford possibly having a backroom role um, as well. I think it, it seems quite collaborative and he seems like he's got the best interest of the club at heart. Rooney does as well. And I feel like that kind of marriage seems to be working well for now. Hopefully, the, you know, the takeover gets done you know, and gets over the line and, and then you can move into League One with a club that's competitive, with a budget that's competitive. From what I'm told, from what I'm told and from what I understand, the budget next season looks like it will be a competitive League One budget if everything goes through. So that's a you know, that's hopefully a squad that can be fighting at the right side of the of the of the third tier and then looking towards promotion. And then, you know, when you get promotion back to the championship, it's a case of, you know, can you stay there? Um, you know the, the budget isn't is, is big for League One, but perhaps on the smaller side for the, for the Championship potentially, um, and that's one of those things. But but if you can build the right way in building youngsters and build by finding players on good contracts, etc. We've seen in in the Championship how you can be a, a, t- a team with a smaller wage budget and you know fight the right side of the table. You know you look at Luton for example, who have got a tiny budget for for the Championship, but still. They've got the right manager. They've got a clear identity. They've got a playing staff that plays for the manager. And that all kind of works so well together that it means the championship's just like that. You just, you know, you go on a nice run of results. You get a bit of confidence. And, but I don't want to think too far ahead. League one next season. So that's what you've got to attack. But as of right now, from what you're saying, it, it seems to be, you know, moving all kind of in the right direction for sure. Yeah, it, it does seem that way. Um, and, you know, you, you mentioned a lot of things there. I could say I can't really just pick out one. Um, I, I think having a, a backroom staff that are sort of quite close with the ownership, you know, there's, there's ways in which it can backfire. 
you know, if, if we start off with a, a poor run of results and, and we're really struggling, you know, you might start to ask questions if, if Rooney doesn't go. You know, you've got to look at sort of all possible ways that things could go well and things could go badly. But what I do like is is the approach that we've got and the approach that we seem to have. You know, Kieran Lee mentioned when he was on recently that um, Kirshner said to him that he was wanting to look at a more Brentford model. And that sort of fits exactly what you just said, Elias, because if we have that Brentford model, we're not spending big. We're on, you know, probably not the biggest budget around, but it's a competitive one. And having a competitive budget and having the right people can, can only really go well. Um, Callum, I mean, you know, we're looking forward to League One now. Um, it's going to be exciting. I don't know how long that excitement will last. Um, one thing that, that Elias sort of touched on there was was the fact that we we have potential to keep quite a lot of our players, a lot of our young players. You know, as you said, people like Tom Lawrence, thirty grand a week is is a lot. We're not going to keep people on thirty grand a week. But players like Malcolm Ebiowe, Aaron Cashin, and 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 Max Burrs and Jason Knight and people like that, there is genuine potential that we might keep them. If we do keep them, sort of, what would your expectations be for next season? I mean, we've got to have a, a balanced approach. I think at the end of the day, don't we can't automatically think it, it's, it's a God-given that we're going to come straight back up. Um, because League One, I've been, when Derby have been away, I've been to a couple of games watching Burton Albion and, and, and it's not like the, the the championship in 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 some areas. So it's going to be a dogfight. There's there's teams when you, you, you're going to try and play your, your good standard of football at Cheltenham and stuff like that. Exeter, obviously next season Forest Green, and if we've got players, obviously yes, they've got good quality. Ebioa in, in League One and 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 your Knights and your Birds, etc. But I, I would I'd love to watch to see how they adapt. Uh, in League One, especially League One, and smaller pitches, the pitches and the carpet like it is at Pride Park and and stuff like that. So, and it'd be interesting to see if Rooney actually adapts to the style of play we actually do. Um, that's what I'm really looking forward to seeing. With when we went to go watch preseason against Man United at the start of last season, and you could kind of see that brand of football that people were asking for. And when he first took over, when we were he was chopping and changing the side before we uh, miraculously stayed up on the final day and, and he was, wasn't sure what he was doing. He was just trying to win games. Um, and then it was coming down to that point where what is Rooney's style of play? Uh, and it'd be interesting to see if it, that adapts in League One. Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. It, I, I have a feeling that it will change. I have a feeling that, you know, the way we've played in the Championship this season probably isn't going to work in League One. You know, you mentioned there the smaller pitches, bigger players. It's a bit more of a physical battle. It's a bit more of a mental battle too. You know, it's it's less on the technical side. Um, at the same time, I mean, we talk about players that we could keep and a rumour that came out recently uh, was to do with Ryan Allsop. Um, I don't know about the rest of you. I, I think that Ryan Allsop's been pretty decent this season. I think he's, he's come in, I think... You know, everyone who knows me knows I'm not the biggest Keller Roos fan on earth. But I, I think that Ryan Allsop's come in and really made that place his own. Um, Rob, what what have you sort of made of the links to to Cardiff for Ryan Allsop? It's not a surprise. I mean, I was with you. I think he came out of the blue. He made the team and kind of we're all a bit sceptical. I think, we've, again, from Keller Roos right from the playoff final, we've been goalkeeper kind of shy of having good quality. I think 
he just grew into that position, particularly his distribution, the way Rooney wanted to play when it was coming back to him. He was able to hit channels, long channels to Ebioe as he was coming in towards the end of the season. And we had a way out to play out. I think actually let him, the only times he let himself down was he tried to play short maybe a little bit too much. I remember Blackburn away, particularly maybe costing us a goal there. But generally speaking, in terms of the interest, you can't really question that from other teams you can see that he'd be an asset in the championship to most sides based on what he did with us last year and I suppose if the right offer came in we'd wish him well to go and play at that standard if that's what he wanted to do I don't believe he's a young guy so he's, he's probably not got years and years left of his career and I suppose you've got to respect that but for us of course I think we'd love to hold on to him I would for sure based on not only his performance, but the kind of way he improved in the season, his consistency towards the end. And I think maybe with a little bit more coaching and I guess like you've just alluded to, a bit more League One uh, now in terms of playing long and and those kind of things, I think he'd be an asset to us next season. And just to sort of follow up on that, Rob, do you think it'd be a bit of a statement of intent if we did manage to keep players like Allsop for this season? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're all kind of asking those questions, aren't we? I'm so excited. I mean... The new grounds thing for me is amazing. I, I love, I'm a big fan of trying to get to 92 grounds. So I'm really looking forward to that side of things next year. I'm on 61 at the minute. So I, I think I've eyed up 13 I can get in next year to try and move up that, that table. But in terms of the players for Derby, yeah, if, if you fancy, yeah, of course we can't keep Lawrence. But if we can line up with a similar side to kind of what we've been putting out, we've got to be there or thereabouts. I think we're all sensible, right, in terms of our expectations. Winning that division is going to be tough. It's, it's a physical league. The style of football is not really going to suit us to start with. We're going to have to adapt. But we've got a lot of quality. And we've got not just Rooney, but in Rossini as well. We've got a smart management team that can adapt and understand what actually needs to be done to win the game. I think they've proved that over a couple of years. I agree towards the back end of the um, relegation dogfight season where Wagon scored in the final day. That looked like a bit of a lost train of thought towards the end. But actually... I, I think they've proved themselves last year. They knew how to go and win games of football and that's going to be really important going into next season. So, yeah, really excited. I think it's just what that 11 looks like, only only kind of time will tell. Fingers crossed it's, it's close to, to kind of where we left off. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. And I don't know what you're on about, mate. We're going to do an unbeaten season. So. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, watch us lose the first game of the season. Now I've said that. But <laughs> <Exeter> away. <laughs> oh God, yeah. yeah. You imagine? <laughs> but uh, you know, you look forward to next season. There's there's so much that could happen, isn't there? Uh, I think yeah. that's the most exciting bit. Like what could change? Think of the players we could bring in, the players, the staff, even the youth players. Like how exciting is that going to be? It, you know, they said we need to bring in forty players. Like not all forty are going to be first teamers. <laughs> so you've got like you know, another another 20 youth players coming in. So it's it's going to be interesting. But but what do you reckon, Callum? I just, just coming in on that, it's when do you really see a, a club starting a season where your manager's saying, we're going to need 40 players? <laughs> so so how, how that will work, whether it's going to be um, players obviously uh, leaving us um, or, or coming in, like we're obviously linked with like Aidan Flint and, and stuff like that. So... It's it's going to be like you said, be interesting the, the type of player that Rooney is actually going to be after um, the, the the season veterans, or is he is he going to look for loan players in from like uh, your championships and Premier League clubs? 
Well, that, that's the big question, isn't it? Is sort of what's our philosophy going to be? You know, we've spent three years kind of in and around the bottom of the championship, just kind of signing whoever or whatever we could get to try and stay in the division. And and this is a real, it's a, it's a big reset button, isn't it? But, you know, you mentioned Aidan Flint there, uh, Elias. I'm going to ask you about this. Aidan Flint's a, a player that Derby have eyed up for years. He's from the local area. Everyone sees him go and play golf around Derby. <laughs> you know, he, he he loves it around here. And he's a big lad. And I think <laughs> as, as a team, we don't really have many big lads. So it's going to be a bit weird having someone so huge in the team. But what sort of impact, if he did come in, do you think he'd make? Yeah, like on, on the kind of style of play and stuff, um, I asked Rooney about this on one of the the final press conferences of the season. And I said to him, you know, you've, you've, this season you've played this kind of style, this possession style. You look to build from the back. Obviously, we've spoken about Allsop there. He's a big part of the kind of the building up from the back and, in, you know, the way Rooney wants to play, etc. And then, you know, you, you, you kind of build through Max Bird, then through that kind of third. And then it's all very kind of pretty and neat when it works. Um, and then, you know, lots of technical players without, etc. You know, how does that kind of hold up in, in League One? And he was essentially just like, yeah, I think we can, can I think we can do it again. Um, you know, we've seen teams in 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 League One go up by being, you know, a good football inside. So there's absolutely no reason why that can't be the case. And Aidan Flint, you know, he's, he's obviously he's massive. He's a super, <laughs> he's, a, he's a big threat from set pieces and stuff. But also he's a decent player. I think, was it, you know, four or five years ago where he moved for like eight million quid or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, that's, that's someone that with pedigree and obviously it hasn't worked out, you know, amazingly well for him. Um, well, that's someone with quality and it's someone that's, you know, especially in league one, he's going to score so many goals from, from set pieces, providing they've got someone decent to take them. <laughs> um, but he's, yeah, I, th- I think it's a kind of signing that, if it, if it's possible and if it's on a free transfer, that's kind of like a no-brainer, really. He's got pedigree in, in, the, in the division above. He's got experience. Obviously, he's from the area as well. Um, you know, having kind of homegrown players in, in a team is always good for, for fans and for morale, etc. So, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, on the kind of 40 players thing, that I think that was just a bit of a kind of, you know, one of those lines to try and get a lot of attention and try and get a few headlines. But essentially, it means... Hopefully most of the team will stay. So that's what, like 15 extra contracts. So then it's 20 players, including the 23s and including the 18s that need to sign also. So obviously there's maybe there's kind of 10 players that they might look to bring in. And 10 players is, is not, you know, few by any means. Um, <laughs> it's not a little amount rather. Um, so, but yeah, it should be, a, it should be an active transfer window providing everything goes good. And and Rooney's definitely got his list and he's, you know, even from weeks before, as soon as Kirchner was kind of, you know, first back into the picture, him and Cook have been working together to put a list together on players that they can target. And a lot of them are free transfers. Thankfully, as I did a piece a few weeks ago, speaking about how this is kind of the summer of free transfers. And if you're trying to get players for cheap, thanks to, you know, the pandemic and, and people not signing big contracts and long-term contracts, you know, this season is the kind of season where it's all kind of culminated positively for one way in, in Derby that they can sign players, but also negatively in the fact that most of them are out of contract also. Um, but, but yeah, I think it's going to be an active transfer window and Rooney's got his targets and I, I don't know, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for sure. 
I think that's the thing, isn't it? It is exciting. And, you know, as I said before, like we've not had a chance to build a team in years and to sort of be dropping down to a level that's quite unfamiliar. I mean, I can't remember what year it was the last time we were in League 86, One. 86, I think. Eight, yeah, that was that was a long time before I was born. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you know, a lot of fans have never seen us play at this level. So it's, it's going to be very, very interesting to say the least. But, um, I mean, you know, just, just thinking towards some of the players that we could bring in uh, and also players that are going out. Uh, we saw Keller Roos's agent. I know we've spoken about him already. Keller Roos's agent came out and said that he was looking for moves at the Eredivisie, which makes sense. He is Dutch. And he was also looking at moves in the Premier League. Now, that interested me, <laughs> to say the least. And, and Rob, so what's your take on that? Do you think, do you think Roos has got Premier League pedigree? I, think I, t- I touched on it earlier. I, I don't. I, I don't blame him for what happened in that playoff final. Totally, because I blame Lampard for not starting Barry. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I, he just scarred by that big moment, and he kind of was. He always had that mistake in him. I felt, and I'm not saying also doesn't, because of course, when goalkeepers make mistakes, they're more vulnerable, right? But I think, yeah, he, 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 I don't think any Derby fan could come on and say. They felt safe with Calarus in goal, totally. At the same time, I think he's a decent quality goalkeeper and he was always a good number two to come into the side. But I think when we were building the side around him, yeah, it was always, it, it always felt a risky strategy, particularly as we've had managers who want to play this progressive football playing out from the back. And Rooney in particular wanted to go with the goal kicks, for example, going to that strategy. It was always a high risk with him in goal. I think in terms of the team, just to, to comment on the previous conversations in terms of, we, we need a striker. That's kind of where I'm at with it. I think for so long, the thing with Aidan Flynn is it's really exciting and he, I think he will be a great asset, but we've fallen in love with Davis and Cashin and let's hope they can stay. And then we're kind of all trying to work out how we fit Aidan Flynn in because we know he's a benefit. Put him up we front. Know we, yeah, we, <laughs> well, yeah. 4 4 2 might be. Yeah, but, um, I'm, for me personally, I'm just crying out to see Derby sign. It doesn't have to be a name, but a, a, a a striker that can get up there. Kazim Richards, that's 10 years younger than Kazim Richards, if you like. I think we've been crying out for that for some time. And fingers crossed that can be one of the first signings on the on the board and get us all excited for, for going forward on the pitch as well as the defending side of things. I hope so. I hope so. And I mean, you know, I was chatting to some of my mates about this the other day, looking at like players that have scored goals in League One. I mean, Lee Gregory, he looked all right for us, didn't he? I wouldn't say he looked great, but he looked all right. And he's at 17 yeah, yeah. goals this season. So it's, you know, the, the, the quality of striker that you need isn't, isn't the same as a championship. You know, you don't need that complete forwards that sort of we, we kind of had with the likes of Chris Martin and, and players like that, you can sort of get away with having players that are just good at putting the ball in the back of the net. So I'm with you. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be very, very exciting if we uh, if we bring a striker yeah. through the door. The lad at Morecambe is the one that is kind of straight. Is it Cole Stockton? I think he got 18 or 19 goals for Morecambe, who just stayed up. And you think you could look at someone like that. I don't know what he cost, but it's striking to think you're looking for a player from Morecambe. But you th- I could get quite excited about someone who scored goals in that level that's going to come in and. And we kind of yeah. got a, a proven striker there. Yeah, anyone with confidence and who knows where the net is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. God, Elias, I thought you were going to say something then. Oh, no. and, and <laughs> uh, No, I, I wasn't. But just to kind of add on the, on the striker point, absolutely. That's been the one thing, really. I don't have to keep harking back onto this season. But if there's been kind of one thing that Derby have really needed 
Um, and it might have been the difference, you know, between relegations and in kind of nine points extra or something. Is it someone that could consistently sit the ball in the back of the net? And, you know, you mentioned there, Kazim Richards, 35, and, and Luke Plange, which is like his first season in, as a professional, essentially. And, he, you know, we're not even entirely sure if he's a striker that's going to score goals, you know, even 10 years from now. So to put that kind of reliance on him was just massive. Um, and, and it's going to be another thing as well. How, how, how do you replace Lawrence? How do you replace someone that scored, you know, the high proportion of your goals, And for, for example? So, um, yeah, can, can it be a, you know, style of play? As I said, with, with Rooney, he's been kind of very confident that he wants to stick with the style of play. But, you know, how does that change in League One? Do you try and target a target man? Uh, to change your team and then how does the kind of whole dynamic of the way you play change that's not to say that Rooney and Rossini aren't really good coaches and they could find a solution to that but um, yeah there's lots of questions and it all kind of comes down to what kind of striker do they bring in I mean we've seen all types of strikers score goals in League One for example I mean to your point there Will Grigg scores you know 30 goals in in League One or he has done before and then he comes up to the championship and it's like oh okay you can't really put the ball in the back of the net anymore Ellis Sims as well um, the Everton Loney who's a similar case um so so yeah there's there's options um but it's like you know what do you do you compromise the whole style of play that you've kind of you know built this season and the the identity that you kind of had under Rooney and Rossini for a striker is that something that you'd be comfortable with or would you be happy with as long as as long as someone's there to put the ball in the back of the net, I guess who cares? I have a feeling there's there's a very happy medium, isn't there? I'm sure there's a very happy medium. And, and you know, if we do get the recruitment right, hopefully we get someone that can play that sort of sort of football. But you are right. I think, you know, as, as lovely as the football we play is and we get goals like that Morrison goal against Barnsley and, and things like that, at the end of the day in, in League One and, you know, for a club like Derby, without sounding, you know, big-headed as a club, we just want to win games, don't we? I think that's the thing at the end of the day. And and if if we bring someone who can bang in 30 goals a season, get our own Will Grigg, um, I think fans will be happy, regardless of how we're playing. Even if we're playing some some row at hoofball, I think I think we'd be uh, we'd be pleased with that. But gents, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on. We've got one extra thing before we finish. I like to ask everyone this every single week. Where do you think? Derby are going to finish next season. Obviously, there's there's absolutely no indication of anything we're going to do, which makes it completely random, which makes it great. So we'll start off with you, Callum. What? Where are we finishing? Where are we finishing in the league? I'd I'd, I'd go top six. Um, if 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 we can do a Sunderland, I'll be happy with that. And a uh, day out at Wembley, so I'll go. I'll go, <laughs> I'll do, and, and we actually win a playoff final. <laughs> I don't care if it's League One. <laughs> and uh, Rob I mean this is pie in the sky stuff Jake but I'm going to go second uh, <laughs> I don't think I don't think we'll get the day out of Wembley I don't think we'll win the league but I think we'll go up the second place that's my hope let's hope so what about you Elias I'll have to go one better then I'll say we're going to win the league <laughs> <laughs> that's what I like to hear win the league win the Papa John's trophy we'll be, we'll be sorted <laughs> But gents, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on. If you did enjoy, please leave a like, please subscribe, leave a review, do all of those things. And thank you very much for listening. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.